Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents from around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, Sudan's army chief visits Egypt for talks with President Abdel Fattah Al Sisi. British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly becomes the country's first senior official to visit China in five years. And Hurricane Idalia is expected to become a major hurricane when reaching Florida's Gulf Coast this week. We begin in Africa. Senior Gabonese military officers say they have seized power from the government. This came shortly after the state election body declared President Ali Bongo Ondimba had won a third term. The military officers said on television that the election results were cancelled, Gabon's border closed, and its state institutions dissolved. There has been no immediate reports on the whereabouts of President Bongo. Still on the continent, Sudan's army chief has arrived in Egypt for talks with President Abdel Fattah Al Sisi. This marks the first time General Abdel Fattah Al Burhan has left Sudan since the conflict with the paramilitary rapid support forces began in April. Egypt has offered to mediate between Sudan's warring factions to prevent a prolonged civil war. Anastasia Waweru has more. Sudan's army chief Abdel Fattah al-Burhan was received at the airport by Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi. The two leaders discussed efforts to end the conflict in Sudan and ways to ensure humanitarian aid reaches the Sudanese people. Before meeting Sisi, Burhan had dashed hopes of talks with the paramilitary rapid support forces after they floated a peace plan. This group, the RSF, are not like our people in Sudan. We have nothing to say to them, and now is not the time for talks. We are dedicating all our time to this war. We are dedicating it to ending this rebellion. We are focused on ending this period and coming out of it stronger, steadfast and with our heads held high. Burhan's visit follows his tour to a number of bases in army-controlled regions in Sudan, the first since fighting between the army and the RSF began in mid-April. I'm confirming that I left the army command headquarters without help from anyone, and it was not through a deal with the RSF. It was done by our army, a coordinated military operation carried out by our men in the armed forces. And anyone who says it was done through a deal with the RSF is delusional. We do not make deals with traitors. We do not make deals with anyone who has betrayed the Sudanese people. This is not the first time Burhan is meeting Sisi to discuss security issues, with their previous talks taking place in 2022. Egypt is one of the nations that has been attempting to mediate between the two warring factions in a series of international efforts. Diplomatic pushes, including the Jeddah talks in Saudi Arabia, aimed at ending the stalemate between Sudan's rival forces, have so far failed. That was Anastasia Waweru reporting. In Asia, British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly has become the UK's first top diplomat to visit China in five years. He met senior Chinese officials in Beijing on Wednesday. Li Jianghua reports. James Cleverly will be the highest-ranking British official to visit China in five years since the UK's former Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt went there in 2018. Tensions between the two countries have flared in recent years over a range of issues, including Hong Kong and the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. 
but economic ties remain robust. China is still the UK's fourth largest trading partner, and experts say both sides now want to further stabilize their trade relationship and find other areas of cooperation, including climate change and artificial intelligence technology. Apart from the normal the trade talks or the economic involvement, there are lots to be discussed. And we have the climate, the, the COP28 upcoming. So obviously climate will be top on the agenda. The UK is going to hold the first ever summit on the safe use of artificial intelligence, which is AI, in November. And I'm sure um, these kind of talks in terms of how how both the UK and China and the world can engage in a more, you know, kind of build an international consensus on the future of AI will be also um, on, on the agenda. In a speech earlier this year, James Cleverley said a key pillar of British government policy would be to engage directly uh, with China and that failing to do so would be a betrayal of national interest. Last month, he met China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi, who said both parties should show their responsibility as major countries and jointly tackle global challenges. However, Cleverley's words stand in sharp contrast to those of the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, who in his first major foreign policy speech last year signaled the end of the golden era relations between China and and Britain. Those sentiments were reiterated at the G7 summit in May. There is much to discuss and much interest in whether any new agreements will be reached, deals which uh, can go some way towards improving relations between these two countries. That was Li Jianhua on the UK Foreign Secretary's visit to China. More from China. International scholars are gathering in Kunming, Yunnan province at a symposium to brainstorm how to make collaborative efforts to protect the region. Yunnan is at the forefront of efforts in biodiversity conservation. The southwestern province is home to many unique and protected species. Its provincial capital hosted the United Nations Biodiversity Conference COP15 in 2021. Yang Jinghao reports. The Panthered Po region, with the Qinghai-Tibetan Plateau at its core, covers an area of about 20 million square kilometers, with more than 3 billion people in more than 20 countries and regions. It's one of the most vulnerable regions to the impact of global climate change. To learn about the conservation of plant diversity and sustainable utilization of plant resources in the region, some 200 scholars have gathered to share ideas and the latest research findings. Actually, we still have a lot of work to do because many places will never go there and know any data. Also, many plants need to do more deep research, such as use molecular methods to find some functions to find some useful gene for future agriculture use. Scientists and botanists from more than 10 countries of this region have touched on diverse topics, such as the role of mountains in biodiversity and plant evolution and diversification in Qinghai-Tibetan Plateau, among others. With biodiversity loss an issue of global concern, the participants hope this symposium will promote academic exchanges among scientists from different countries, and more importantly, facilitate some pragmatic cooperation in biodiversity conservation. Because we have a huge task ahead of us, we absolutely need to identify the hotspots of plant diversity uh, across the third pole. And this is not a task that any, any nation can do by itself. So the combination of field work, uh, remote sensing technologies to identify 
uh, areas which are probably most suitable for plant life, and international collaboration are going to be key uh, to the success of that endeavor. Over the past years, China has formed close partnership with some countries in plant diversity research and conservation. The establishment of the global allium gardens with Uzbekistan, one in Kunming and one in Tashkent, as a typical example. This is also a good platform, another good platform for training new talents. And uh, except this, uh, many uh, young students, young scientists from Uzbekistan, from, from my research team, visit uh, Yunnan, Kunming. They are uh, busy now with uh, new modern uh, botanical uh, studies. I think uh, our cooperation will be strengthened and strengthened. The Kunming Montreal Biodiversity Framework, adopted last year, set the goal to protect 30% of the world's terrestrial ecosystems by 2030. Event participants say they expect more joint scientific expedition to biodiversity hotspot regions, joint research, and also cultivation of next-generation scientists. That was Yang Jinghao on efforts to preserve biodiversity in China. Moving on to North America, Hurricane Idalia is heading north with intensified force towards the Gulf of Mexico. Idalia was previously classified as tropical storm pounded western Cuba with strong winds and heavy rains on Monday evening before strengthening into a hurricane. It is expected to become a major hurricane in Florida. Luis Torino has more. We are now in a point in the southern coast of Pinal del Rio, which is the westernmost province of Cuba, and particularly in a fishing community called La Coloma, which is located very close to where the uh, Idalia passed as a tropical storm on the 28th August. And uh, as it passed here overnight, it caused a lot of floodings, coastal floodings, and it also damaged many homes that had already been uh, repaired from the passage previous uh, of Hurricane Ian last year. Many families from this uh, community were evacuated to safe places ahead of the passage of the, of, the, of the storm, as well as in the whole province of Pinal del Rio, which is quite large, uh, about thousands of people and families were evacu evacuated to safe places, particularly to uh, uh, places of, of neighbors and relatives. Some, other, uh, some of the damage was also inflicted in the power grid. There are teams from other provinces helping out to uh, put everything back on its feet again. Despite the damage inflicted here uh, in Pinar del Rio and in also in other parts of western Cuba uh, by the storm, uh, authorities say that the positive aspect of this storm was the rain it poured on all these areas because it helped the reservoirs to increase their levels in this area of the island. That was Luis Torino reporting. Authorities say Hurricane Idalia would strengthen into an extremely dangerous Category 4 storm on Florida's Big Bank Coast on Wednesday. Evacuation is already underway in low-lying coastal areas. Niza Soda Perez has the details. Hurricane Idalia's maximum sustained winds have increased to 150 kilometers per hour, and more rapid intensification is expected before landfall. The National Hurricane Center is forecasting that this storm will make landfall as a Category 3 hurricane somewhere in the Big Bend area portion of the state of Florida. Now, 
The storm's hurricane force winds extend outward up to 30 kilometers. The tropical force winds extend outwards up to 260 kilometers. Now, that's, that means that that is a massive storm. Around 13 million people could be affected by Hurricane Idalia. Now, the biggest threat of this storm is the combination of storm surge and high tide. Areas, including the Sitter Key Island, could see a storm surge of up to five meters. As for preparations, at this time, 21 counties are under evacuation orders. Schools have closed, the Tampa airport closed. Now, but while we were driving around the city of Tampa, we did not see that many homes that were boarded or actually people preparing for what could be a life-threatening storm. We went to a sandbag distribution center. We talked to some residents. They still sound a bit skeptical. Let's take a listen. We live in a brick building, so I'm hoping that's going to um, keep us safe. But um, no, nothing over the windows. But they took us uh, per necessary precautions, like making sure everything comes inside, no patio furniture. So nothing's going to be flying around um, outside to like break a window. I believe it's going to bypass, but I believe we're going to get more some wind. We're going to get some rain. I do believe that most of that would happen. We get a lot of rain and we get high in winds. So that's why I tell you about it, too. I bring everything in, too, from my house, too, because I learned you leave stuff outside, come back all over the yard. Authorities continue to plead with those residents that live in low-lying areas to heed the evacuation orders and seek shelter. No one wants to see a repeat of what happened in Florida's Gulf Coast just last year when Hurricane Ian's storm surge killed more than 100 people. That was Nisa Soda Perez reporting from Florida. To recap today's top stories, Sudan's army chief visits Egypt for talks with President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi. British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly becomes the country's first senior official to visit China in five years. And Hurricane Idalia is expected to become a major hurricane when reaching Florida's Gulf Coast this week. And that concludes this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.